Pastor Claudia Harden Jr. and my beautiful wife inviting you to come worship with us. And I'm not a game. I don't play and I'm not a game. Listen, um, God, I got to get this jacket. This is hot. I thought it was going to be cute, but it ain't going to be cute today. It is hot in here. Amen. Um, listen, uh, can I share with you real quick how God works? Listen, so I've been working really hard. I've been on this job for 17 years, trying my best to get the best out of it. I've grown. I've come in um, at the lowest level that I can come in. I've grown um, to the highest level in the area that I'm in. Um, well, one step from the highest level in the area that I'm in. And I knew my worth. I knew my value. You remember this past Sunday I talked about depression? And I told you depression comes um, because our, our uh, what's the word I use? Our, not presentation, but our, um, what's the word I use that's been affected? Our perception, not perception, perspective. I said the, the depression comes when our perspective has been affected. Um, someone say perspective. perspective. So what happens is we build this picture of what we think that we should, what we should obtain, uh, whether it's family, whether it's a job, whether it's a car, and we, be- we, we put it there and we believe it, and, and when it gets affected, our, our forward progress changed because no longer, I, ha- I don't ha- have a reason for going forward because what I believed in is no longer there. Um, and that's how I felt about a, a job opportunity. I, p- I applied for this job three times in the city. Well, first time I applied for it, they didn't give me a chance to interview. Second time I applied for it, they told me, they said, Clyde, um, you're the second guy. If it wasn't for the other guy, you would have got the job. So I'm thinking, next time I'm going to shoe in. And so it came up again, and it was a, a really substantial pay increase. And so I applied for it. I knew I deserve it. And without even asking, somebody say, how God works. How you remember I talked to you about a homosexual lady in my job that, didn't, that couldn't stand me? Um, well, she moved on. And she couldn't stand me. Long story short, she just couldn't stand me. We were going to settle with that. And she made it plain that she couldn't stand me in my reviews. She let me know she didn't like me. Well, she moved on. And I can't put the whole story together for you. But um, she called me up about two months ago, right after I applied for this other job. She said, Clyde, hey, this is a job opening up as a site health specialist over um, half the United States. And the job will be where you go around and you'll make sure hospitals as quality is what it should be. I'm basically doing what you're already doing, um, but you'll be doing it on a larger scale. And I say, man, that'd be pretty cool. And I didn't ask for this. And it's something when you get an opportunity for something you didn't ask for. And so I was worried about it because of travel and all those things. I was worried about it. Um, I said, if God opened the door up, I'm going to go ahead and apply for it. So I applied for two jobs. Once again, I'm going to let you know how God works. I had my perception, my perspective. That I was going to have this MCE job. MCE job is something that they offer in GE. Like I say, with my areas, it would have been great. I would have been covering half of Houston. It would have been mine. Uh, I've been managing people and, and a whole bunch of stuff, right? And I would have a company car, working from home. Long story short, it has been a good job. And um, so I was applying for this, and I really did want it. And I get a phone call from Bishop Woodard. And once again, I'm, 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 I'm really worried about both of them because I want to make better money for my family. God told my wife can't work, and if my wife can't work, I got to do better, you know. Um, I won't give you all my business, how much I make, but it's not a little, but it's not enough. So I say, it's never enough. And so uh, as I was going home, Bishop Wood gave me a call. He said, son, now Bishop Wood don't just call you. I got to give it to you like that. Bishop Wood just don't just call you. He said, son, God told me to give you a call. He wanted me to share some things. He spoke some things about my father. He said, God is really working in your life. He said some things about my, my, my mother-in-law, uh, some things about her. He said some things about the ministry my wife, my marriage. He said, uh, listen, in the same breath, he said, God's gonna take you off your job soon, son. He said, but not yet. He said, God just showed me, he's about to promote you in your company, but a job is gonna hide your time. It's gonna hide your time. Immediately, it was a bittersweet moment because I knew for a fact that the job that I wanted, it wasn't gonna hide my time, it was gonna expose all my time. Um, and the job that I applied for, which I, I would've liked to have, but I just didn't think it was possible, to be honest with you. Um, I knew it was gonna hide my time because number one, I'll be working from home, and that's, that's home, when I'm home, I'll be working, um, basically doing nothing. Um, then I'll be able to travel, but it's on my own time. I get to plan when I'm gonna travel, what I'm gonna do. And so uh, he told me, son, God, about to hide your time. Immediately I knew that job's mine. Still stressed about it, didn't know for sure. Um, long story short, the people called me from the other job and said, Clyde, um, we're not going to be hire you for the third time for a job that I knew that I deserved. I knew it. I mean, it's, the whole company, my fact, a girl called me today, I didn't tell you this, she said, Clyde, I'm so angry that the company continue to look over you, and you by far the most qualified person. I couldn't tell her about the new job because my boss sold me the secrecy, but, oh, I, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> but anyways, um, but I knew y'all was, where I was going. Um, she said, I can't believe that uh, they, they look over you. And this is a white girl. 
He said, you deserve it more than anybody else. You know this company. I'll tell you something else. In the job that I'm in now today, single-handedly, I saved my company by $5 million on something they didn't want me to do, and I told them how to do it, and they did not listen to me. And the last phone call I made today, they finally listened to me, accepted the deal. Today, I saved my company of this year probably $5 million without even trying. And so that's just this is what I love to do, my, 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 my company. So anyways, long story short, they told me the job wasn't mine. It hit me hard. Because once again, I'm like, oh, God, this would have been a great opportunity. It would have been a really big increase in my pay, and I could have been able to provide for my family better. Um, ministry would have been better. Everything would have been better. And, um, but that was my perception, my perspective of what I wanted. Well, I'm trying to rush this story. Um, God told me, I'm going to come down, Clyde, you're the top three. The top three of this other job. Now, the guy said, I'm going to come down to your site. I'm going to check your site. I'll make sure your site is legit because if I'm going to have seen you around the country and having other sites together, I've got to make sure your site together. Well, he didn't come. He called me on Monday out of nowhere and said, Clyde, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. He called me and told me the job is on mine. He said, when can you start? And to y'all, that's not much because you didn't realize the next thing came out of his mouth is that I want to pay you, and I was troubling with this, should I give y'all a number of percentage, but I wanted you to know exactly how God is, and everybody, everybody's not here. I want to give you a $10,000 pay increase on top of the $5,000 pay increase they gave me last month. And so I'm right now with this job, give me $5,000 pay increase, no, $15,000 pay increase, working home, and I get to pick my travel schedule. I'll be traveling around the United States, changing hospitals all around this United States. Listen. The perspective I had was one thing, but God called me with this job I didn't even ask for. They created this job only two months ago, and I'm the first person to walk into this job. And not just I'm first walking into this job, the guy told me, don't come in here with your mouth shut, Clyde, because I need you to change the status quo. I need you to create what this job is supposed to be and do things way different because I believe in you. And everyone I talk to, even the woman who didn't like me, say, you're the man for this job. Y'all, listen, God has made a way. Bishop would have called me and confirmed that it was going to happen before it even happened. And then my new perspective changed because now this is what God wants because confirmation is there. And somebody said, well, God, what the blessing of the Lord is, there will be no sorrow. And so I was worried, my wife, you think me and my wife be worried about, about, about traveling, right? Well, well I'm going to be traveling. I'll be traveling 50% travel. I'm somehow popping on a plane at least twice a month, going somewhere for about a week at a time. Me and my wife not worried about it at all. My wife got excited about me. <laughs> so I saw my wife and I told her I got the job. Um, y'all couldn't be there because it was definitely inappropriate for y'all. Um, <laughs> not that she, 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 she just, just yeah, it's not bad. It was, it was just, uh, she jumped all over me. But anyways, and she wasn't fully dressed, amen. <laughs> I was, though. I was. Get your mind out the gutter. I'm trying. I'm sorry. She was excited. But anyways, um, I was, the only thing I was worried about, because I know the guy told me, he said, you will be home every Sunday, every week, because they know I'm a pastor. They're not, they're not all question. They'd say, you got to be home every, every weekend. Um, and then I'd say, yeah, go ahead. And that's another place. And then not only did they say I got to be home every weekend, um, they said that, uh, you know, I'll be traveling throughout the week. And sometimes I figure out, God, why am I not worried about Bible study? My wife said, baby, you know how technology is, I can be in, 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 in well, on 20, I got to go to New Jersey. I can be in New Jersey and do Bible study from my hotel conference room and go live on GroupMe, put it up there, and we can teach Bible study all the way from New Jersey. Amen? Amen. So I'm not worried about it if y'all are not worried, but I just want to let y'all know how God works. I mean, it blew my mind. I never thought it, um, that it was possible. I, I, I knew I deserved it. But I've been here for 17 years on the same company. Still got my pension. Didn't lose my pension. Thank you, Jesus. Just still got my pension. Still got my 401k. Um, but God has really increased our family. Um, so I want to let you know, God is a blessing God. And I didn't even ask for this. I, want, I was shooting over here. And sometimes God got to get you distracted over here so he can work on something totally over here for something else. Um, so I had to share that. I couldn't share it on Sunday because everybody can't handle them. What's up, baby? That I got the got the answer. And to add to that, can somebody say, "Leave your job the right way"? Leave your job the right way. I I go ahead and say that. I go ahead and say that. So not only did I say my, my see, y'all don't realize I I work for. Why am I? I am, does this sound like I'm bragging? I hope it don't come up I'm bragging. I, I, it's a thin line between bragging and really and, and, and boasting on God. I'm gonna say a thin line between bragging and boasting on God. I'm gonna tell you what God does. Listen. Listen, I'm gonna tell you, it's a couple things, man. So I've been in my company for 17 years. I never gave anybody a job in my life. 
Never gave anybody a job in my life because, I, I, listen, matter of fact, how many of y'all know what a biomedical, techni- biomedical engineer is? Exactly. Um, it's, it's not something you just wake up one morning and say, hey, I want to go, I want to be a biomedical engineer. It didn't happen. And so, to sum my job up, right now what I do, and I'm going to get into Bible study, I promise I am, but I wanted to share how good God is. I, I basically work on everything in a hospital that's electronic and touch patients. Everything in the hospital is electronic and touch patients. So anything you see, I work on, the only thing I don't work on is electronic. Things don't touch patients. Printers don't touch patients. Computers don't touch patients. But the defibrillators that shock the patients, um, the thing to cut the patients open. How many of y'all watch TV and you see them cutting patients open? I work on all this stuff. Anything you see in an OR room, an ICU room, all the patient monitors, we work on all that kind of stuff. And I manage the guys who do it. So it's not an easy job. So been in this company for this long, I never, ever got anybody a job because I didn't think anybody can get one. Well, God opened a door. And he said, my boss looked at me and said, look here, my other boss left, and so I was like the, the, the temporary boss. He said, Clyde, find me somebody, anybody. Um, I need to get somebody in place. Just give them some customer service skills. They got customer service skills, I use them. They, I, they don't know how to use a screwdriver, who cares? I need customer service skills. Another guy kept call, dropping by my office over and over, and God told me to get him a job. And that's a whole other story. And I, I wanted to get him a job, and things weren't working out for him, but I threw his name out there many times. And so... Long story short, I went home looking on Facebook trying to figure out, who can I give a job? Who can I give a job? Who can I give a job? And many of y'all say, why you didn't call me? Because you didn't want it. Tell the truth. You didn't want it. Don't lie. <laughs> and so this one guy kept coming to my office. I was a childhood um, friend with him. I mean, he probably two years younger than me, maybe a year younger than me. Um, he knows Sister Dinger real well. He used to come to my office every day. Man. Now listen, I got to get into the Bible study, but I got to talk about my daddy. I walked, about two years ago, I walked in the hospital and I saw this young man. And I knew him. I said, and he looked clean, coming up for a job interview, looking for a job. And I said, man, you looking for a job, man? What, what are you going to do? I'm thinking he'll work somewhere in the hospital in some of these ni- nice areas. Because he's, he's clean. He said, I just applied for the housekeeping job. I said, whoa, housekeeping? He said, yeah, man, I just applied for a housekeeping job, man. Long story short, I, I, I patented some information, had on the company. The company stole my information. Um, I lost everything. And now I don't have nothing. I have four kids to feed, a wife. And she looked at me crazy. I got to need a job. He humbled himself all the way to go get a housekeeping job. He got hired on, one of the best housekeepers there, man. I mean, he, linen guy, he was one of the best linen guys there. Worked hard and became a phlebotomist. And I was like, man, what's up, Milton, man? You, you phlebotomist now, man? Yeah, man, I'm moving on up, moving on up. As soon as he got settled into a phlebotomist job, um, Kingwood Medical Center let go every phlebotomist they had in the hospital. So he lost his job again. And I'm watching this dude, I mean, just trying his best. I'm like, God, you know, you can tell he's trying. He uh, goes back down and they hire him back in housekeeping. He works his way back up into another position in the hospital, in a, in a clinic in the hospital that's vital heart and vein. Anybody know vital heart and vein over in the Elmo? Promoted him all the way up, gave him as much money they can give him, the highest they can get him, what, he, what his pay was, that's his business, I won't give it to y'all. And um, he always welcomed my office every day. Clyde, man, you gotta give me a job with you one day, man. You living big, you living big. I get, get your job, I gotta get a job with you one day, Clyde. And he's coming in, I always mentor him and to help him with his business and everything. Matter of fact, he did a lot of our flyers for a while for us. Did a lot of our flyers for us, trying to help him with money, whatever we could do. Matter of fact, he's gonna start doing it for us again. Um, but anyways, um, went home, I'm trying to figure out, and God says, hire Milton. I said, whoa, the guy's like, literally need a help up. I called him up, I said, Milton, you want a job? He said, man, stop playing with me. Listen, I've never done this in 17 years. I've never helped anybody out because I didn't think I could. Called him up, two weeks later, this brother never flew before. Two weeks later, I'm buying him a plane ticket, sending him to Milwaukee, got him a job, making where he's bottom out, almost where he left at his company as a top part. And the same day he come from Milwaukee, walking my office, the guy I was trying to get a job um, the whole time, shows back up, both of them together, said, Clyde, my daddy told me I said I called you. Knew his daddy years ago, didn't even know I knew his daddy. He said, my daddy said, I gotta tell you, let you know that thank you for getting my son a job. So two people who looking for a job as I'm leaving, God let me bless two people on the way out the door. Not just that, Kingwood Hospital has now, I mean, literally, the folks fighting. Somebody parked in my parking spot the other day. I didn't even say that. And this woman, the woman from HR called me and said, Clyde, somebody in your parking spot, let me know who they are. I'm getting them out your parking spot. And they, they got me a parking spot, got my picture up at Kingwood because of the things I've done this hospital, saved them all kind of money. And listen, it's because everywhere I go, everything I do, I do as I do unto the Lord. So I don't know what God is doing this season. Um, and I, I feel probably icky as I can right now because I don't like bragging on nothing that I've done, but I'm trying my best to make sure y'all know I'm bragging on God. God has done some amazing things and he's not done. 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 So I want to let you know, man, serving God pays off right now. Now after a while. So um, I just have to let y'all know that it's not in vain. 
is not as vain. As long as you serve him and as long as you do what God said do, God is going to pay off. Wife cannot work. God has said, I cannot let her work. And now he makes enough money, make me make enough money. If she had a job and I had a job, it was still a good pay for both of us if we both did it. So listen, don't let that stop you from giving us love offers. Now, don't do that. Don't, so in the same, so that's how black folks get. He got a new truck, he don't need it. No, don't do that to me. Bishop being greedy. No, I'm trying to help you out. Amen. But now, listen, I thank God for you. I don't know what the end going to bring, but I have to share that intimately with each one of you. God, I said, God, should I share this on Wednesday or Sunday? God said, no, share it on Wednesday night because those who come on Wednesday night need to be an extra push. They're fighting hard to see was it worth it. So I'm let you know it's worth it. It's worth it. It is worth it. So I thank God for that. I thank God for y'all and your prayers. And um, if any of y'all worried about me not being here, don't worry. If my wife's not worried, you shouldn't be worried. Amen? And so we have, I told Elder that be ready. I said, I'm a minister. I don't know if I'm going to be here. Remember I told you about that? I already applied for it. I knew someone was on the way. I didn't know how it was going to happen. So ministers, how many of y'all know we got some good ministers here? How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know that T.D. Jakes don't teach Bible study? Y'all didn't know that? He has a lady who's a social pastor church and she teaches all the Bible studies. How many of y'all know that, um, Joel Steen don't teach Bible study. John Gray teach all of, John Gray flies through church way down there because he know what money is. He know what. <laughs> he ain't crazy. <laughs> he said, y'all can talk about me if you want to. But anyways, um, pray for that brother. Pray for John Gray. He's, he's very, I'm going to be real with you. Um, he's very immature in his level that he's in right now, but don't mean God can't mature him in the process. Um, God don't wait till you're ready before he puts you in place. He puts you in place right at the time where you ain't ready. And all hell break loose in your life. So listen, when you see that, don't judge. Don't judge what you don't understand. Uh, I've been praying for that brother. I've been praying for that brother. I've been praying for him. Do not judge. Um, and it's so easy to look at somebody and look down on them to make yourself feel better about where you are. But don't judge. Amen? Amen. So y'all love me. Yes, Keep praying for me. Do y'all, do y'all see now that serving God is an awesome thing? So I don't, listen, I don't deserve nothing I have. I, at the end of the day, I don't. But God knows me and he knows my needs. Amen. Listen, so real quick, I want y'all to turn your Bible to Exodus 29, one through, uh, the first chapter. Exodus 29, first chapter. I need y'all to help me out. Um, but the, I think I can change myself, right? Yeah, okay, I got you. See, I can even do that way from wherever I'm at. I, can, I literally can set my presentation up, and wherever I change here, it'll change there. Pretty cool, huh? So God set me up, y'all. He knew what was going on. I'm going to have my little phone in my little comfort room. So it's going to be amazing. Exodus, Exodus, Exodus. So can I talk to you right quick a little bit about the scripture? So I want to go back a little bit. I'm going to go back a little bit. So we talked about the last thing we talked about last time was this here. No, not that. We were appointed of priests, but the last thing we talked about was on this other verse, um, that we're priests, right? So what is the whole type of topic of this lesson? What's the whole topic of this lesson? Anybody can remember? Talk to me now, y'all. It ain't been that long. A new approach to old worship. A new approach to old worship. So the old worship, what is worship? What's the whole point of worship? What are we trying to do when we worship God? Trying to bring God down or what the ultimate thing, ultimately what we're trying to do with God, between us and God, what we're trying to do? Relationship, but what I'm looking for, we're trying to get close to God. We're trying to get close to God, right? We worship him, we're trying to get close to him. And did anybody know that? Did everybody know that? When we worship God, we're trying to get close to him? Who did not know that? If you didn't know that, that's the reason why you worship him. Um, some people think they worship God for money. They think they worship God for cars. They think they worship God for clothes. That is not why you worship God. Somebody say, in the presence of God, there is liberty. So when you're in God's presence, you get liberty. When you're in God's presence, you get anything you want. And somebody say, you don't have to ask for it. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, he says, why are you asking me for things that pagans ask for? Pagans ask for these things. He says, I'm your father. I know what you need. Now, how many of y'all see your child? Now, okay. How many of y'all mamas see your child hungry and won't feed them? I tell them jokers quick, you ain't hungry, shut up. Y'all know they just ate McDonald's and now they went past Burger King talking about they hungry now. Mama, she fall for that all the time. Well, baby, they ate only an hour ago. Come on now. Don't act like I'm that. Am I the wrong one? Okay, make sure. Make sure I'm not the only demon in the house. Amen. So listen, um, but listen, how many of y'all how, how know God know you what you need? He's going to give it to you. Yes. Like I said, God never, like I told you earlier in my, in my testimony, God never promised me I was going to have a job. 
He said he's going to provide my needs. Can I tell y'all that if he can provide my needs without a job, I'll be the first one in line. And how many know he can do it if he chooses to, if that's your call in life? If that's your call in life, never forget my Uncle King told me years ago, he said, God told me to quit my job. No matter how crazy we thought he was, my Uncle King went almost 20 years without a job and every bill paid. So we all called him crazy, but he was the one not working, we was the one working, amen? And, and whatever happened, he survived. So God can call you to do what he needs you to do because he's going to provide for you according to his riches and glory. So whatever God wants for you, he will give it to you. So his promise, somebody got to understand this. When we have faith, you don't have faith for the tangible. You have faith for the, for the provision. You don't have faith for the tangible. What happens, we get so focused on the tangible, we get so focused on the tangible that we lose the provision. So we say, well, we focus on the job, the job, the job. God said, well, you, you thought that you needed a job, but I'm trying to give you resources. So we lose faith not because we don't believe in God. We lost faith because we didn't get the thing that we wanted. So the thing that we got to realize, if you get close to God, all things that you need will be given to you. How do you get close to God? Let's not even worry about the old way of worship and a new approach. How do you get close to God? Let's be straight up real. How do you get close to God? What's the separation between you and God? One word, three letters. Sin. Sin. That's it. So if you're going to get close to God, what do you got to stop doing? Sinning. Sin. How many of y'all know that? But how many of y'all find us challenged in doing it? And, and listen, and we'll go, we'll flirt with sin to see how far we can get away with it and still stay close to God. And so what we're doing, we're flirting with our future. We may still get a, get a little touch every now and then. We're still not getting the connection that we need. And so the reason why I'm teaching you this whole entire lesson is not to give you a history lesson, but to show you that God didn't play back then. He's still not playing today. We're taking for granted what we have today because we didn't go through the hell they went through back then. So everyone say an old approach or somebody say a new approach to an old worship. Worship has forever been purpose to get close to him. Listen, point taken. Adam, get out of here. You can't be in my presence. Not because I don't love you, because by law, I'm supposed to kill you. By law, you're supposed to die, Adam. Run, 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 because I'm supposed to kill you, Adam. Get away from me. And God is missing Adam. Adam may not even be missing God, because Adam got a new friend called Flesh that he didn't even know was there. Wow. So he's so busy deeping and diving his new fleshly life that he didn't forgot about the first thing that made him. Anybody remember that moment? Before now, I was deep in God, but all of a sudden, I didn't got a boyfriend. He didn't touch me right, and I didn't lost everything. I didn't got some money, and I ran out that this thing I pulled down, give me cash, I didn't forgot about everything. I didn't got a new car, and it runs real good. I didn't forgot about everything. And God says, hey, I created you to be with me. I'm lonely. I created you to worship me. The angels don't have to, but I want to see if I worship, if I made something that didn't have to, they still would worship me because of who I am. So he sits there and says, you know what? I miss Adam. Even though Adam may not miss me, I miss him. So I'm going to create this thing called a tabernacle so we can spend time together every now and then. But Adam got to pay to get here because he got to realize he doesn't get in my face for nothing. It's going to cost him something. It was created so you could spend time with him. And God said, look here, look here, look here. How many of y'all ever been in love before? And, and, and you were in an intimate moment, and did you want to talk about bills? No. You spend the time riding down the road, and the sun just hitting right, the windshield just right, everything perfect, and all of a sudden you start talking about the, how, how you got to take care of the, the, the light bill, the car note, and <laughs> like, dude, you mess up the mood. But we do God like that. As soon as we get in this presence, we say, oh, by the way, God, can I get to the house I was like, asking about? Wow. God said, hold up, man. Can I get that car I've been wanting, God? So all that, all that you did, all that tears you did, all that starving you did, all that, I thought you wanted to get close to me. All you wanted to get something from me. How about you just take this and I'm going to leave? And so he told Moses, I'm going to give you the land of milk and honey. Go, but I'm not going with you, you stiff-necked people. I'm going to be me, even though you're not going to be you. I'm going to give you everything I asked for, but listen, I'm not going with you. Moses said, whoa! And therefore, created the first moment of the tent of meeting. Set up a tent. We're not going nowhere until we see God. We're not going nowhere. God, I know I messed up. I got caught up in everything else, God. But I'm not going nowhere else, God, until you go with me. Matter of fact, I got to see you. I got to see you go ahead of me. 
And God says, okay, Moses, if you're going to act right, I'll go in and I'll run out the Pesites, the Hittites, the Amorites, I'll run them all out. As long as you stay with me and not for me for everything I got for you. This is why we do everything we do. It's for that moment to be connected to him. And we forget that we get lost. We get lost. So the reason why I'm teaching you is because it's a new approach, but the worship haven't changed. The point is still to get close to him. But God says there was a mirror separating us called, uh, 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 what is the word, type and shadow. It wasn't real. But it's a reality now that you can get to me that's real. And I want to teach that to you. Amen? So listen. So we talked about this. That we're priests. Now listen. We talked about this as well. Did I get you caught up? So do we know why we come to church now? We come to church so we can beat our body. What the Bible tells us to church? He says, do not forsake gathering together so we may spur one another on towards good deeds. We can push each other to doing what's right. We don't come here because we want to have a competition who can dress the best. We don't. We don't come here to see who came and who didn't come. We come because I need to be taught how to do better. It gets rough throughout the week. I need Wednesday so I can learn how to do better because it gets rough throughout the week. I need Sunday so I can do better because, it gets, because why? I feel a gap getting between me and God. And I'm trying to bridge the gap. All right? So we talked about this. Let me go back one more. We talked about... Come on now. We talked about this. Somebody say tabernacle. So we talked about how you get to God and how there were only a few people that can go through the tabernacle, right? Who are the people that can go through the tabernacle? Not just high priest, but also who else? The high priest was Aaron, but also Aaron Sands was also known what? Somebody say priest. You had priests and you had high priests. You had priests and you had high priests. So this is the tabernacle, and they went through here, and they were trying to get to God's presence. So I won't have time to go through all this, but we have the upper, we have the, uh, the outer court, the inner court, the holy place, and the holies of holies. Somebody say the holies of holies. It's heaven. That's heaven. We can't go to heaven yet. All right? But we can make it to the holy place. Somebody tell me what is the holy place? What's the holy place? What happens in the holy place? That's the first level, past the, the outer court, the inner court. What's the first place? Well, let's talk about the elements in the, 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 the holy place. What's the elements in the holy place? There's three things in there. Lampstand. What else? Table of showbread. What else? The who? The table of incense. So you have the table of incense, the lampstand, and the bread. Somebody tell me what the bread means. What does it mean when you said the bread? It starts with the F. When you set the table and eat bread, what it means? Somebody else. Fellowship. The, the, the lampstand meant that you was what to God? What was the word? Somebody see? I heard somebody say it. What you are to God, when you, what the lampstand represents. Every branch was what to the middle branch? Connected. So the lampstand means I'm connected. I am the, the branch. Those who bear fruit, I will stay connected. Everyone who don't bear fruit will get what? Cut off. Disconnected. That represented the branch of God, the vine of God. He is the fruit tree. We are the, we are the branches. He is the tree. We are the branches, all right? So that's connection. This fellowship. I've, I've taught this a hundred times. Y'all got to start embracing this. Somebody say connection. connection. Fellowship. fellowship. Connection. Fellowship. And the connection. When you're connected to God, what do you shine? What do you show? Let my everywhere I go, I'm going to let it everywhere I go. What? Light. We're connected to God. We should have a light in us, right? So the lamp stands light by our connection. And in fellowship, we spend time with God and we connect with him. And then what else we do when we're in the upper room? The table of incense. What are we doing with incense? What is it doing? What are they doing when they light the incense up? In accessory. Come on now. In accessory. So as we connect to God, we fellowship with God, we intercede for others. Somebody say we intercede for others. You cannot forget that. I need everyone to get that in their spirit. Because when you see that, you remember this was the only thing they did when transformation happened. When you transform, this is what you do. It didn't say you get a big house, a big car, and you forget about God and don't come to church no more. You stay connected to me and make sure your light is shining. You fellowship with me. You break bread with me. You learn my word. You spend time with me. And by the time you do that, the prayers of the righteous do what? Avail much as intercessory. If you're not connected to him, fellowshipping with him, and interceding, you're not serving. 
That's worship. Everyone say that's worship. Worship happens in the upper room. Present thy body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. God says, Jesus died so you can live now. I don't need you no more dying sacrifices. I need living sacrifices. Y'all with me? Every time I come, I feel like it's a whole new Bible set all over again. You say all your notes. Gotcha. Bible says that he brought it on the tablets of thy heart. <laughs> Put it on your heart. Amen. My wife said it. Everybody said it. <laughs> Sister Nikki daughter told me a couple weeks ago. She said, Bitch, you got an answer for everything. How about I've been through a whole lot? <laughs> Don't even say nothing. Just roll. When you say something, you're a target. Amen. Easy target. So, I want to get you there. Who goes to the upper room? The high, no, the high priest go to the upper, the, the holies of holies. But the holy place, who go to the holy place? The priests. So only who? Now listen, I want you to understand what you're saying. Only who? The priests can go where? Holy room. And what happens in the holy room? They, they, I just told y'all five times what they're doing in the room. They're worshiping. Somebody say worship. Listen, my whole new job is all teaching. If I'm that bad of a teacher, I'm going to lose my job already. I ain't got started good. Somebody say worship. Now, how many of y'all come to church to worship? That's a trick question. That's the, reason, that's the only place y'all come to church? That's the only, that's the only, place, only place y'all worship is in church? Everywhere you go should be worship, right? But how many of y'all consider yourself worshipers? How many of y'all consider yourself worshipers? I, I serve God. I, I entered, I, listen, I didn't tell you you speak in tongues and sit on stage and sing. I connected to God. I break bread with him. And I intercede for folks. If you do that, do you consider yourself a worshiper? So say, I am, I am. a worshiper. So how are you going to worship if you're not a priest? How are you going to worship if you're not a priest? I'm not trying to disqualify you from worship. I'm trying to qualify you to be a priest. So are you a priest? Everybody, are you, if you're a priest, raise your hand. See, I got five folks scared. Okay, I'm asking a question one time. How many of y'all try your best to stay connected to God? How many of y'all try your best to spend a little time with him? You try to pray every now and then. You try to fast every now and then. You try to read your Bible every now and then. So you all right, right? And how many of y'all pray for somebody, one person a day? Y'all half priests, amen. So somebody say, I'm a priest. So I want to go real quick back to, my, back to this one place. Everyone say, I'm a priest. First Peter 2 and 9 says, but we are what? A what? A what? Keep going. A royal priesthood. A what? Keep going. That you may declare and praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you were what? Not a people, but now you are people of God. Once you were not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Somebody say, I am a royal priesthood. Somebody say, I am a royal priesthood. Can I tell you some people are perpetrating priests? Some people are perpetrating priests. I'm trying to let you know. Well, I'm not trying to down you, but I'm let you know. If you're going to do it, do it right if you really want the full, report, uh, the full outcome out of it. You cannot go in there perpetrating and think you're going to come out the other side with what you want. You got to go all the way in. Can we talk tonight? So my next lesson, I got one more lesson in this whole entire series. I'm going to talk to you about the way, the truth, the end of it, all of it together, how it all comes to fruition in the book of Hebrew. But I got one more lesson to teach that I need you to understand what is the way. We talked about the old way. We talked about uh, the priest. We talked about, but I need to let you know, how do I get there? How do I get there? I talked about the reason why all this set up, but I need to understand how do you get to a place where you can really worship God? How many of y'all want to know a place where you worship God, you can get whatever you ask for? Listen, I'm, I'm putting it out here. God, thank you, Holy Ghost. I know for a fact, I asked God. I said, God, I want to be able to provide better for my family, God, but I want what you want for me. I don't want anything to get away of what you call for me. And then through worship is how I got it. It wasn't through games. It wasn't through perpetration or, or through, um, God said, I cut a tree down because it perpetrated a fig tree, but it didn't act right. 
He don't play games by somebody perpetrating because you're going to accidentally let somebody think that what you're doing is okay and I can't let that happen. I can't let that happen. So if you either going to be me or not me, you're not going to walk around perpetrating. So somebody say, I need to know how to be a priest so I can worship for real. It got to be for real. It can't be games. Can I help you out on how to be a priest? I need everybody to go to Exodus. Everybody go to Exodus. The 29th chapter, first verse. We cannot continue being a lie because folks follow us a lie. I've been watching lately a whole lot of uh, little videos and clips and nothing against this. And I don't think anybody can really appreciate this the way Elder Trailer can appreciate this. But I've been trying to watch a lot of clips of little bitty boys and these little boys are mimicking preachers and they got their hoop down. And, and to me, to see that, it's almost heartbreaking because in their mind, that little child may grow up thinking that this is all it's about. It's the whole emotional push, the whole emotional pull and maybe the hum and sing and holler, but they perpetrating something. They, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are displaying what they seen. And I know I have nothing against a hoop, but my, my, my bishop, my father in the ministry always told me, son, don't give me no gravy without meat. It causes malnutrition. And that's why we have a whole lot of malnutrition saints, because we have all this gravy and no meat. Can we have some nutritional saints to come out? Because they have all things, not just milk, but they have meat too. And this is what happened with the church because the church is creating a false approach to God. And so you got all these folks running behind the church, but it's not real. They think just because you raise your hand, you throw on some suits and some shoes and some clothes and you drive a nice car, you got a relationship. That's a lie. Relationship doesn't come because of suit clothes and because you show up on Sunday and pay your tithes. It's come through dying. And this is the problem. When you put on the suit, put on the clothes, drive the car, but you still look the same way you did before you went to church. No death happened. And can I tell you, the devil can give good gifts and collect the church full of folks with no growth and no change. Stagnation is... And the reason why we're not really getting into the next level, dead people should get recovered. Some, some, some people should be rolled from the dead. My mother-in-law went all the way to Africa because some man was raising folks from the dead. Why can't they raise folks from the dead in Africa but they came to Texas? Because they are faking the shaking of it, but they're not moving and they got the form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Why? Because the power only comes through death. Only comes through death. I'm going to ask you a quick question. When is the last time you died? Can my Bible tell me I got to die daily? Yes. When's the last time you died? Or have you went through the motions of being who you are for the last six months because you just happy being where you are? And if you're not dying and you're happy with it, are you telling me you're perfect? <sighs> Holy Ghost, help me, Holy Ghost. Somebody please go to uh, Exodus right quick. First chapter, I mean, 29 chapter, first verse, and read until I tell you to stop. Somebody say, I am royalty. Somebody say, I am a priest. Now, don't play with this Bible study saints. I love my Bible study saints because you want more than just Sunday. I need every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But if you come here, don't play with me and don't play with yourself. Don't waste your time. You could be doing 21,000 things right now instead of being here right now. I know for a fact you could. I ain't even ate. Yes, I did. I stopped today and ate. But you said I don't eat by now. And got me a salad. Amen. But it's other things you'll be doing right now. So don't sit here and waste my time and just go through the motions without really change. Somebody say, I am a priest. And I want to be a real priest. So the only way we be a real priest, we've got to follow what Exodus says. But thank God it's a spiritual perspective and not a physical perspective. Because Jesus already died for us. We ain't got to go through everything, but we do have to go through the spiritual perspective of this. Somebody go to first verse. Read first verse until I tell you to stop. Somebody read real loud. Got a mic? Anybody got a mic? She need a mic. Brother Devin, you got a mic for me? Start reading. He's going to intercede. Read real loud, though. So you cannot serve me as priest until you do this. Right? So this is what you must do. He's talking to Moses. There you go. He's talking to Moses. If Aaron, his boy, is going to serve me as priest, he got to do this. Somebody say, are you a priest? If you are, you must do this. Read it, prophetess. 
take a young bull and two rams without effect. Now I want y'all to picture this. We're not going through them yet, but get a bull and two rams. First thing I need to do, Moses, get a ram, get a bull. Aaron and his boys over here, but Moses, give me a ram and give me a bull. Keep going. And from the finest wheat flour, uh-huh. make round loaves without yeast. I don't want any pride. Give me some yeast with no pride. Give me some bread with no pride. Yeast is like pride. Get it out of there. Keep going. Thick loaves without yeast and with Olive oil is like the anointing. I need the anointing in it. Bring me bread, but I need the anointing in it. The bread's going to represent, some, represent something. But keep going. And thin loaves without yeast and brushed with olive oil. I want olive oil on the outside. The other one I want to be anointing inside. This one I want to be anointed on the outside. Keep going. Put them in a basket and present them along with the bull of the two rams. So I got a bull, two rams, and a basket of bread. Aaron and his boys. Somebody say, me. I'm a priest. I want to be a priest. Do you have a bull? Do you have a ram? And do you have a, 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 a basket of bread? You got to have a, every last one y'all got to have a bull. Every last one y'all got to have a ram. Every last one y'all got to have a basket of bread. If you're going to be a priest, you got to have a bull, got to have a ram, basket of bread. Let's talk about it. I'll keep going, prophets. What, what verse do you stop? Verse four, keep going. Uh-huh. So the first thing about a priest, before you become a priest, everyone write this down. I must be washed. Must be washed. You cannot be a priest if you're not ready to be washed. If you're happy with your sin, if you're happy with your old lifestyle, if you're happy with what you've been doing, and listen, I, I call it a satisfied sinner. If you're a satisfied sinner, sit down. You ain't ready to be a priest. You can sit here in the, in the audience. You can learn, but you can't be a priest. Somebody say, I can't be a priest. You can't. You got to be really to say, God, I want to change. This is when we confess with our mouth, believe in the heart. Jesus died on cross my sins, so I can be saved. When you become saved, you become a priest. You become saved, you become a priest. So somebody say, I must be washed first. Be washed. Keep going, prophet. What's the next thing it says? Take the garments and dress Aaron with the tunic, the robe of the ephod, the ephod itself, and the breast Fasten the ephod on him by a skillfully woven waistband. You can just jump to the, uh, I'm happy I'm going to jump to the seventh verse. Seven. And what he did, he put on some new clothes. Somebody say he put on new clothes. Put on new clothes. And for him, take off, for him to get washed, for him to put on new clothes, he had to take off the old man. How many of y'all took off your old man before? Amen. And how many of y'all still taking him off? So, and so what happens is if you're going to become a priest, you've got to be willing to take the, off the old man. You've got to be willing to be washed. And once you get washed, you've got to be willing to put on the, the new man. Somebody say, some of my sin shouldn't be so easy. Listen, some sin should be uh, it's a struggle. It shouldn't, some things you shouldn't struggle with right now. It's because you changed. You changed. All right? Now, some things you should have on the inside that you're going through, um, but some things you just shouldn't do. Because I know for a fact, I just don't feel comfortable doing these things anymore. I've changed. But if you're saying that you got saved, but you ain't changed nothing, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Because it got to be death. All right? So somebody say, first thing you got to do, you got to be washed. Then you got to put off the old man and put on the new man. I have anybody in here who not what you used to be. I'm not what I used to be. I'm, listen, I'm not what I want to be, but I'm not what I used to be. So you're a priest in the making. Some of y'all are priests already, but I'm just talking about step, first step. First step, you're a priest in the making, right? Keep going, prophets. I want you to go to seventh verse, and I'm gonna stop there. Put the turban on his head and attach the sacred emblem to the turban. Take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. Somebody say, Dean, you gotta be anointed. What is the anointing? Holy Spirit, you gotta be anointed. We're gonna anoint you. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna anoint you. Keep going, prophets. And the priesthood is theirs by lasting ordinance. Somebody say, they'll be priests. Then shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Say it with me, Prophetess Kim. Read that again. What is it? Then what? Then you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Somebody say, ordination must happen. Ordination, ordination means if you ordain, that means you set up aside. 
It's time to make some, make some things different. You, listen, everybody can't do this, um, but if you're ready, let's set you aside. This is where death happens. You've been to church. Ooh, that sounds good. We've been to church for a little while, baby. Things have been good, but we haven't started dying yet. We changed. We ain't lying like we used to. We ain't cussing like we used to, but we still haven't died yet. How many of y'all went to church for a little while before you really started suffering? Everything seemed real good. You put on the turban, you put on new clothes, you put on the new suits, you're doing better, you, you're not doing things, you're even in the pulpit singing now, but you really haven't been through anything. Somebody say, ordination is about to happen. This is what a key thing. Three things must happen. Four, I'm gonna go ahead and go four. I'll write this down. The first thing, change must come. That's the first step, we just read about change. Change must come. Change must come. After change come, prophets come, three offerings must happen. You need three offerings. Every priest must go through three offerings. I know I'm teaching this very deep, but I'm going to come back on a simple form. Just follow me. I got to go old school, let you understand the old approach, and then come back to the new approach. Someone say, three offerings must happen. And I want to ask you a question. You got to do your own checks and balances. Have you gone through three offerings? First offering. Let's deal with the first offering. The first offering. Oh, shoot. I went the wrong way. The first offering. You find... Three, two, and one. And that's not it either. Right there. Somebody say sin offering. You got to give a sin offering. First offering must be a sin offering. Must be a sin offering. By definition, a sin offering, somebody read that for me real quick. Can y'all see it? Anybody? Can you see, anybody see that? Mandatory atonement for a specific unintentional sin, confession of sin, forgiveness of sin, Someone say mandatory. Everybody got to go through a sin offering. Everybody got to go through a sin offering. Can I tell every last one of y'all that either you had it, you still got it. Well, I'm trying to be real, real nice. Someone say everything in us got to die. It's a sin offering. How many of y'all know for a fact that you was a person before where, where you had a lot of things had to die? And it hurt. It really hurt. So let's go through the first part. Somebody, Pastor Mike, um, Prophet Kevin, give someone else. And I want you to read the first offering that he gave. Tenth verse. Somebody go tenth verse for me. I'm trying to move through this quickly, but I've got to get this to you. Tenth verse. Tenth verse. Tenth verse. Tenth verse. Ready, read. Bring bull. Come here, bull. To the front of the tent of meeting. The most valuable animal, the bull. Why is the bull so valuable, daddy? Why is a bull? Why you have one bull but a many heifers? My countryman. Anybody tell me why the bull was the most valuable person in the pasture? Reproduction. Reproduction. You can have a cow full of heifers, but if you have no bull, you ain't gonna reproduce nothing. And so every man knows my most valuable thing in the in the field is my bull. So bring me the most valuable thing you got out there for your sin. And you a priest? When you was a peasant, it could have took anything else, but you're a priest. When you're a priest, you're trying to get to the worship level. Bring me the most valuable thing. Okay, let me hold the eye to you right now. Bring me the thing that you like the most, but you ain't ready to let go. You had 10 things you want to let go. But this is the one thing you don't want to let go. If you're going to be a priest, give me the one thing you don't want to let go. The most valuable thing, the thing you weren't ready to let go of yet, you didn't tell mama about it, you didn't tell the preacher about it. You've been preaching for four years and you still ain't let this thing die. You know it's the most deepest thing that's in your life. And you're wondering why your worship hadn't went nowhere. You wonder why you haven't went to another level because you're still holding on to the most valuable thing you got. And you know it's valuable because you hide it and you won't let it go. And don't nobody know about it. Somebody called me the other day and they said, Bishop, I thought you said that people couldn't um, do this and do that and, and still serve. I said, I made my declaration. I know what I said. But I'm not going to be an investigator to stop nobody because I'm not God. And so if they comfortable with lying to me and saying they ain't doing no more and they keep still doing it, that's between them and God. Because what happened, they worship won't go nowhere anyways. Because they stuck holding on something that they really don't want to let go. Give me that most valuable thing and I promise you, your life will open up. And things that you never thought you could have, God said, I'll bring it to you if you let the biggest thing die. Somebody say, where's your worship? Where's your sin offering? Somebody read about the sin offering. Keep going, Elder. And what happens is, listen, so this bull, whenever they lay hands on this bull, if you see the man laying hands on him, what you're doing, you're transforming your sin because I can't die. I can't die because if I die, what's my progress at? So I'm going to put my sins and lay hands on this, on this bull, and this bull is going to take my sins. 
Come here, Jesus. I can't die, but what I'm going to do, God, I'm going to transfer my sins on Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is going to take my sins. But Jesus said, if I'm going to die, you better live for me, doggone it. Are you going to live the life I couldn't live because I died to death? You couldn't die? Oh, chitty, chitty. Somebody read it for me, Elder. Come on, help me out before I get out of here. Bring the board to the front. Of Bring me your worst, your worst thing. The tent of me. Uh huh. Now listen, listen, listen. Keep reading. Now somebody said this is the tent. This is the tent. He didn't say bring it in the tent. Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on his head. Uh huh. Slaughter it in the Lord's presence. Uh huh. At the entrance of the tent. Of Don't the bring that mess in my church. Keep it out of here. Kill it on the outside. Don't bring it in my prayer time. Take it on the outside. Don't bring it in my worship. You bring in your sin, your worst sin in the worship, and you wonder why it's not producing nothing. You bring in stuff that God said, kill at the door. You brought it inside the house. Kill it at the door in the name of Jesus. We bring in this mess into God's time because we don't want to let it go. We brought the peasant mess, but God said, give me the bull. You wonder why your worship isn't productive. You're holding on to the bull. And not just hold on to it. You drug that mess in God's time. Forget the church. The church ain't nothing besides woods. You brought it in God's time. In your prayer time when you really couldn't connect with him. In your fast when you really couldn't connect with him. You know you should have been fasting from this very thing, but you're fasting from stuff that you don't even struggle with. You brought it into your prayer time. When you try to get an answer from God and got through with your fast for two months that you went on where you eat numbers out of crackers and water, but now you come back and you wonder why God ain't heard from you because you held on to the thing you should have been letting go. Kill it at the gate. At the gate. Kill it at the gate. Keep going, Elder. I'm sorry. Take some of the blood, bull's blood, and put it on the horns of the altar uh-huh. with your finger. Keep going. And pour out the rest of it at the base of the altar. Keep going. Then take all the fat on the Internal organs, the long lobes of the liver. Get every piece of that thing that you're holding on to. Get all of it. Burn it all. I'm going to preach this Sunday, this Friday, in Cleveland. What are you waiting on? God said, get rid of it. Preaching to men. What are you waiting on? You, you supposed to got rid of the whole bull, but just because you think you hold on to the kidney of it, well, I let everything else go. No, God said, burn every piece of it. Burn the letters he wrote you 20 years ago. Burn every piece of it. Burn every piece of it. The thing you got up under your bed, burn every piece of it. You put it in the attic just for hard times, burn every piece of it. You are holding on to everything. What are you waiting on? God said, get rid of it. It's hurting the whole camp because you're holding on to something you know you're not supposed to have. Hurting the whole camp. Hurting your wife and your wife fasting and praying like she's supposed to. I can't wait to preach this Friday. What are you waiting on? What are you holding on to it for? God said, get rid of it. Keep going, Elder. But burn the bull's flesh and its hide and its intestines outside of the camp. Where? Outside of the camp. Where? I didn't say outside of church. Can I tell you, you can come into church and burn it because just because you're in the church don't mean it's really messing with your prayer time. Something you need to bring to the altar and kill an altar so it won't affect your prayer time. Listen, it ain't about you liking me. It ain't about you even getting along with me. It's about me making sure that my time of God is right. And if you don't like me, but my time of God is right, all y'all don't matter. It's to the point to where you're going to lose everything so you can gain everything. Are you spending time with him as true priests? Are we perpetrating priests? Perpetrating priests can show up in their prayer time with all they, 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 their, their bulls they should have been killing. But a real priest who's making progress is killing stuff in the process. Somebody say, sin offering. He says here, he says, flesh and the hide and in the intestines outside the camp. Read it, Elder. I don't want to take your glory from you. Go ahead and read it. It is what? It is a sin offering. Somebody say, it is what? Mandatory atonement. It's mandatory. You have to do this. It's not an option. It's not an option. If you really want your next level, how many of y'all really want your next level of God? Somebody say, kill it. Kill it. And just because you kill your one bull, how many of you know some of y'all got other bulls popping up? Every time you see a bull pop up, you need to kill that bull because it's messing up my worship time. Worship my, my, my precious time. Somebody say pride can get bulls sometimes. 
What is your bull? Can we go to the next one? Somebody said, you, you need four things. You need to be changed. Somebody all changed. But just because you changed, I mean, you killed your bull yet. But now we don't just need, we just don't need a sin offering. We need another offering. Next offering we need is what? A what? What does it say a burnt offering is? Somebody read that right there for me. Listen, my, valuable, my worship time is so valuable. Not only am I going to kill my bull, I got some rams I'm going to take with me every now and then. But I don't know if I really messed up, but every now and then I'm going to make a sacrifice just because. I don't want to make sure I didn't mess up nothing. That's just because I don't know what I've done, I'm going to go, God, I'm going to kill some stuff in my life. I'm going to sit back voluntarily. I'm going to fast voluntarily. It may not took me over, God, but just in case, right now I'm not going to talk on the phone for a little while. Right now, it may not took me over, but right now I'm not going to eat some things for a while. I'm turning on plate because I don't want ever to get to the point where anything is too much for me, God. Somebody say voluntary. Can we talk about the ram? Somebody get the mic and talk about the ram for me right quick. The first was a bull. The next was a ram. Go with me real quick to the 15th verse, somebody, real quick. Take one of the rams, and Aaron and his son shall lay their hands on his head. One more time, just in case I messed up. Come here, Ram. I don't know if I messed up. Just in case, I'm going to transfer it right now. I really need this ram. I really need it, but we're not going to eat this ram today. It's got to die. Have anybody killed some stuff in your life, and it wasn't necessary, but you did it just because you could make sure you stay close to God? Go ahead and read it. Keep reading it. Slaughter it and take the blood and splash it against the sides of the altar. Uh-huh. Cut the ram into pieces and wash the internal organs and the legs, putting them with the head and the other pieces. Uh-huh. Then burn the entire ram on the altar. It is a burnt offering to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, a food offering presented to the Lord. Somebody say, it was mandatory, mandatory. to kill my bull. I could bring my ram on the inside, but every now and then I got to kill it even though it's on the inside. There's some things you brought into your worship, but you need to kill every now and then while you're still in your worship. Listen, it's okay. Listen, okay for you to bring your boyfriend in your worship every now and then, but if I seem like I'm my boyfriend again, more important than God, I'm going to kill you for a second boyfriend. I got to spend a little more time with God than I'm spending with two. Listen, it's okay if you bring your job into worship, but every now and then job, I'm going to spend too much time with your job. I got some things you need to kill in your worship time if it's getting between you and God. It's okay to bring the ram in. We kill the bull on the outside. But some things in life, we need to burn completely on the inside. Because it's getting in between me and God. To be a priest, a real priest, a royal priesthood, some things got to die. Can I tell you, baby? Some things die for a purpose, though. We all need a sin offering. We all need a burnt offering. But it's mandatory for sin offering, but it's not mandatory for burn offering. But it's one more offering. Let's talk about this last offering real quick. What's the last offering? Come here, Ram. What kind of what kind of offering is this? Talk to me. Everybody say it real loud. Listen. Ah, just read it. Just read it. Ready? Read. A voluntary act of worship, thanksgiving, and fellowship includes a communion, me to close. Oh, I'm sorry. I went too far on that one. A uh, communion. Thanks. A communion. Me to close print. Volunt- okay, I was, okay, just, just skip the volunteer. Volunteer act of worship. Thanksgiving and fellowship. It includes communion meal. Uh, somebody said communion meal. Listen, let's just go ahead and read. Who's going to read this one for me? Read the 19th verse. Take the other ram, and Aaron and his son shall lay their hands on its head. Slaughter it, take some of the blood, and put it on the lobes of the right ears of Aaron and his sons. Listen to this. What is he doing with the blood? Can I tell you who the third ram was? We brought the first bull we killed at the gate. We brought some things in with us that we had to kill on the inside. It was another ram that was with us that was considered a ram in a bush, that we're going to take his blood and sprinkle it on you. Who was the third ram? Who's the third ram that his blood is going to be sprinkled on you? Who's the third ram? Go ahead and say it. Somebody say, Jesus. Let's read this. Somebody says that 
only if you drink my blood and eat of my what? He says, in this word, that if you want to take part of me, you got to drink my blood and you got to eat of my what? Flesh. So in this case, how many of you know when you eat something, it becomes on the inside of you? And the more you eat it, it becomes part of you. God says, I'm going to take this other realm that you're not going to lose nothing behind. But it's going to die for your benefit so you can eat of it and it can cover you. Keep reading. Somebody read that for me. Go ahead and read. And put it on the lobes of the right ears of Aaron and his sons, on the thumbs of their right hands, and the big toes of their right feet. Uh-huh. Then splash blood against the sides of the altar. Keep going. And take some blood from the altar and some of the anointing oil, and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments, and on, the, on his sons and their garments. Then he and his sons and their garments will be consecrated. Somebody says the blood, blood is cleansing them. Cleansing. Keep going. Take from this ram the fat. The fat tail, the fat on the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, both kidneys with the fat on them, and the right thigh. This is the ram for the ordination. Somebody says ram for the what? Ordination is a really anoint to set them aside. It was three rams. It was three, two rams. One ram for you to kill that's going to hurt you. The first ram, the first was the bull. The third ram is to die on your behalf. To die on your behalf so that you can be cleansed. Can I tell you, you're going to worship, you first can't go into worship with some things that you shouldn't have. But secondly, you can't go into worship without Jesus. You cannot go into worship without Jesus. You've got to be willing to take everything that you into worship and be willing to take part of it and make it part of you. How can you dare go into worship but you're not transforming to look like him? Are you going to worship just to look like what you want you to look like? Or are you going to worship to eat of Jesus' flesh or to become like him? Keep reading. From the basket of the bread made without yeast, which is before the Lord. Take one round loaf, one thick loaf with olive oil mixed in, and one thin loaf. Put all these in the hands of Aaron. What is Jesus? Jesus called what? The bread of what? So you got to take the bread of life, and also you got to take the ram in. Keep going. Put all these in the hands of Aaron and his sons, and have them wave them before the Lord as a wave offering. A wave offering. Someone say wave offering. Good God Almighty. Keep going. Then take them from their hands and burn them on the altar along with the burnt offering for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Keep going. A food offering presented to the Lord. After you take the breast of the ram for Aaron's ordination, wave it before the Lord as a wave offering. And Can I help you out? Somebody say, whatever you want God to bless, wave it in front of him. I, I give my children to you, God. I give my family to you, God. I give my home to you, God. Say, God, I want you to say, I give my wave offering to him so he can bless it so I can keep it, not so it can die. Keep going, keep going. You on what verse you on? Uh, 26. Keep going. And after you take the break Come on, Devin. for Aaron's ordination, wave it before the Lord as a wave offering, and it will be your share. Consecrate those parts of so, no, he, he says, wave it so it could be what? And it will be your share. So whatever you want, God, you gotta wave it in front of him. Put it before him, and God said, I'll let you keep it. This is the one thing you can keep. Keep going. Consecrate those parts of the ordination ram and belong to, that belong to Aaron and his sons, the breast that was waved and the thigh that was presented. This is always to be the perpetual share from the Israelites for Aaron and his sons. It is the contribution the Israelites are to make to the Lord from their fellowship offering. For their what? Fellowship offering. A voluntary act of worship. Thanksgiving. A fellowship. I'm coming to you, God, voluntarily. God, I'm giving you, I brought things in here that I killed, but also, God, I'm going to bring things in here, Father God, that I want to live in my life. Some of y'all need to take your children into your worship time. Some of y'all need to take your relationship into your worship time. The things that you want to keep and that you want to take part of that you can still consume, you need to take it before God and say, God, I'm actually to bless this. I'm actually going to bless this. I'm actually going to take intercessory. God, bless my children. Intercessory, God, bless my job, Father God. Intercessory, God, bless my family, Father God. God, you died so I can take part of it. Everything that you have, you don't want me to kill. Some things, God, you want me to take part of it. Listen, I'm going to read the rest. Aaron's, sac- Aaron's sacred garment will belong to his descendants so that they can be anointed and ordained in them. The son who succeeds him as priest comes to the tent. 31st verse. Take the ram for the ordination. Cook the meat in sacred place at the entrance of the tent of the meeting Aaron and his sons are to eat the meat of the ram and the bread that is in the basket 
They are to eat these offerings by which atonement was made for the ordination and the consecration. But no one else may eat them because they are sacred. I'm coming to tell you today that we are priests. Somebody say, I'm priest. And some things that I deserve. God wants you to be able to eat the fat of the lamb. God wants you to eat the best of your harvest. But you can't eat the fat of the lamb and you can't eat the best of your harvest until you kill your bull and you continually sacrifice your other ram in your life. And once you kill your bull, the thing that you know for a fact is the hardest thing that you can't let go. And you sacrifice the things that keep popping up between you and God. When you do those things, God says, I'll let you eat the things that I have for you. God says, my plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. My plan is to give you an expected end. But you got to be real priests and not perpetrated priests. And real priests are not afraid to let things go.